0: After what seemed like months and years and decades and centuries of what, in my mind, has been one of the longest transfer sagas I have ever seen, it brings me utter sheer joy to say these words. Breaking news per two separate reports from Builds Christian Falk and from Fabrizio Romano. Leroy Sané is coming to Bayern Munich. Thank the Lord, oh my God, this lasted way too long. We've written almost a hundred articles on this entire transfer saga dating back to last year. And we can all just remember all the ups and downs from the moment of excitement when we first heard that these rumors were percolating early in, I don't know, maybe March of 2019, up to throughout this entire summer where they went back and forth on prices. We didn't know if we would get him for 80. We didn't know if we would have to pay up to 140 million euros for him. But you know what? Pep Guardiola started him in that Community Shield match. And he got injured, and he went down, and we didn't see him for a very, very long time. And possibly, one of the next few times we're going to see him, it's going to be in Bayern red, potentially for some of the biggest matches of the year, and the best part. The price is rumored to be 50 million euro. I'm sorry, but Pep... What were you thinking? How the hell do you mess that up? A 50 to 90 million euro mistake by starting him in some Mickey Mouse trophy competition (laughs) against what, Liverpool? Really? Like, you're not going to be playing him in some major competitions for the rest of the year. Going down with that injury, in reality, right? Because we were talking a transfer fee between... Eighty to a hundred and forty, maybe hundred fifty million euros. Right? He made a mistake in the multiple tens of millions of euros, but we're gonna we uh, yeah. Go ahead, Chuck. Let's make fun of him. Let's <laughs> let's
1: go with this first. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. I mean, this this whole saga, and it really was a saga. I mean, it outlasted our BFW staff. Hell, I've had two separate tenures at BFW, in the time since this. Leroy Sané saga started, just to to look at it from the Manchester City perspective, I mean, they were probably going to get in the neighborhood of 90 to 100 million euros last summer, and that one ill-fated decision to start Sané in the Community Shield game, where he suffered a torn ACL, knocked him out for the entire season, basically. It cost PEP in the neighborhood of what, Jake, 40 to 50 million at least. So, I mean, that's a, a huge gaff right there. And I think that when you look at the whole situation and how this played out and the millions and millions of rumors that we heard over the past year and a half, it couldn't have ended any better for Byron, really. They come out of this with a player they got at half the price from what they thought they were going to pay. His salary demands dropped, so that lessened the locker room issues that might have happened if he came in last summer as the team's highest paid player. And they have him through the 24-25 season with ample time to get himself back to 100% from his ACL injury. I don't know how it gets any better for Byron and any worse for Pep in this whole ordeal. I guess
0: best for Bayern and worst for Pep is possibly the only way that it could get better for Bayern Munich fans, because, you know, screw Pep, he left us. Let's just talk about the quality of a player that we're getting. Leroy Sané, I would have to say, is probably one of the brightest stars on this German national team that gets to come in to this Bayern squad, at least for in terms of his age, right? Let's keep in mind, Sané was a major part of that 2017 Confederations Cup winning squad that Yogi Love brought in. And he is exactly what Bayern Munich need. I personally think he's exactly what Bayern Munich need. Because, surprisingly, the central midfield and the wings are two of our, your quote-unquote, weak spots, right? Not because the players themselves are poor, but more because there's few options to back them up, right? So if we think about it, right, we have a third, we have three wingers. We have three pretty, at times, world-class wingers in now Sané, Coleman, and Serge Ganabri. How do you think he's, uh, how do you think he's going to fit into this Bayern rotation? Let's first focus on Sané, and then we'll get to the other two later.
1: Yeah, I think Sané steps right in and he has to be a starter if he's physically ready. And I think that's going to be the key. Obviously, right now, it looks like he's good to go based on his progress at Manchester City. But if he comes here, he's not coming to be part of a rotation even though that's that might be how it starts. He's not going to come here to ride the bench. He's here to start. He's here to play. I mean, obviously, this was the move that best fit Byron. It filled an immediate need to the roster. So I think it made the most sense. And and I think most people, when they look at the available players that Byron has been tied to over the past year and a half in terms of Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, those are players that, while they are excellent talents, didn't necessarily fit the exact need that Bayern Munich had right now. So Sané steps in. He's an instant starter, Jake. And that leads us to what happens to Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry. Exactly. So
0: in my mind, this is probably the biggest question with these with the move of Leroy Sané coming in. And it's, how are we going to keep Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman happy? Now, when I look at this dilemma... I don't think that Gnabry is the odd man out. I really do think that it's Kingsley Coman, right? And it's not necessarily Coman's fault, right? He has over 75 missed matches due to injury while he's played for Bayern, both on loan from Juventus and when we officially signed him. He is a great player. He's got amazing pace and he's incredibly intelligent and skilled when it comes to uh, distributing the ball and breaking down defenders on the wing. But that massive injury risk has often reared its ugly head, right? This year was probably the first in his entire time that he hasn't gone down with some major kind of injury. So, he's a bit he's a bit of a concern. So, Leroy Sané comes in. He's rehabbing from an injury. We have an injury pl- prone player as well in Coman. And weirdly enough, I think that's going to benefit Bayern and at least because By having two players that are injury-prone and one of them recovering from an injury, they get to bounce their playing time off of each other and, relatively, they'll keep each other happy as a result. At least that's my hope, that we can somehow find a way to be able to hang on to Kingsley Coman and be able to also start Leroy Sané right at, uh, at left wing. But the more important thing is that all three of these players... Are versatile and that they can all play on both wings chuck how do you think the current byron roster is going to react to this
1: well obviously there is some risk associated with this moves in terms of locker room happiness so directly affected by the move are both coman and Gnabry, and frankly both players have struggled a bit at times since the restart in the second half of the season here Coman still ha- flashes that great skill, great pace. I mean, he is, a, he is a problem anytime he's on the pitch. And you can see defenders physically and mentally are worried about him and dealing with him. So he, even when he's off and his end product is lacking, he still creates enough havoc on the pitch to make an impact for Bayern. I'm a little bit worried about Serge Gnabry at this point because he has been so off since the restart. He doesn't even look like the same player that we saw dominate in London you know, back in the fall. So I think when you look at the wings, it's it was absolutely crucial that Byron had three starting caliber wings for next season, just given the injury history of all three players, right? So that was accomplishment number one. Now you have that. Number two is how do you keep those three starting caliber wingers happy? And I think Hansi Flick is really going to earn his salary with that. I think the natural inclination is going to be to start Sané and Ganabre and use Coman as that change of pace off the bench. And as we've seen over the past month and a half since the restart, Coman has been deadly anytime he's been on the pitch in terms of being dangerous, but when he's come on as a sub, it completely changes the game. So I think that's the role we're going to see. As we all know, though, Jake, there's going to be injuries between those three players, and I think that Flick won't have as much trouble rotating them in and keeping them happy as maybe I first worried about. But, you know, there's, there's going to come a time that the three players are going to look at this and they're going to say, can I be more effective or be a better player elsewhere with more playing time?
0: My hope is that one of the other ways that Hansi Flick will be able to earn his keep and earn his money is to convince the three players that they're all an integral part to the system and that they all will be important and that they should all stay. If he's able to manage that, he's... He's a magician if he can be able to work something like that. And the other thing really is that this move kind of solidifies Thomas Müller's position at central attacking midfield because now you have three world-class wingers that all of them can play at right wing if they need to we're not going to have to see Thomas Müller being anything other than the Deuter ever again, which is something I love to see.
1: Yeah. And Jake, that's, that's, that's big. If you think about it, the amount of times that Muller has been pushed out of his position, whether it's by coach's choice in favor of, you know, James or Rodri- James Rodriguez or Philippe Coutinho. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that Muller even had to deal with that. But after this season, Hopefully, this is the summer where Bayern lets it be known that that position is Muller's to own and to run with, and we get those same kind of results that we we saw over the course of this season.
0: Yeah, sadly, I think this means the end of Philippe Coutinho at Bayern Munich. Like, I think this is the moment now, right? Like, it couldn't have been anything else before, but now we officially realize that there's no way that... Philippe Coutinho is going to stay and you know that's 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 kind of sad you really you really hate to see it one of the last things that I want to touch on the price tag 50 million euro is really low for what we mentioned at the beginning that Sané could be able to fetch right 50 million euro is also right in the wheelhouse that Byron would need to pick up Kai Havertz We've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast that we don't imagine the combined fees of Havertz and Sané to be under 150 million. We thought that because at the time we thought that Man City was going to play hardball and we thought that Havertz was going to cost somewhere in the 75 to 80 million euro range. Chuck, how awesome is it? That somehow the cheaper of those two might be Leroy Sané because let's let's think about this right. Bayer Leverkusen have gone on record saying that they're not going to let Kai Havertz walk for less than what Atletico Madrid paid for Joao Felix, which is around a hundred million euros. They let Rodri walk for about eighty nine, but we could if we could arguably get Leverkusen in a place that they're comfortable with letting Havertz leave for between that 89 and 100 million euro range. I know we've said before on this pod that you don't need him, but do you go for it at the expense of, say, a Manchester United or Real Madrid who have all started to circle over him like vultures for the picking?
1: I think this is a situation where Havertz is such a sensational talent you at least have to kick the tires to see what it would take this summer. Now, the Sané move opens up enough cash where even if Bayern does not spend it on Havertz this summer, if he can make it through this transfer window and get to the winner, I think this would allow Bayern to make a serious financial offer to Leverkusen and be a real player there. Where I view Havertz is, and we just talked about Muller's importance. I mean, Havertz, in a lot of people's eyes, would be a direct competitor to Muller. I am one of those people that believes that Havertz could literally play anywhere across the front line, both wings, striker. He could play uh, as a sub to Muller or alongside Muller. He could also play the eight sitting a little bit further back. And as we know, Jake, the central midfield might not have as much depth as it has right now. So... He's a player that I think Flick could find a way to keep happy and make work over the course of the next two to three years where he would probably take over for Thomas Muller. I think Muller's contract runs through 2023. So at that point, obviously, he'd be ready to hand the reins over. But I think formally at the end of the 2022 season, Muller would start to ease into a less... Uh, I guess, less heavy role and be not quite as consistent of a starter. And I think that natural changing of the guard would happen then. But it is, it's interesting. It, it creates this option to where if Byron feels like they need to make the move now, it has freed up some cash that it expected to spend on Sané. So it could happen. I think realistically, we're going to be looking at next summer for Havertz. But this move, either way, it opens up that cash flow that Bayern needs.
0: And it would be perfect to see that happening now. It could also open up a cash flow to be able to fill out some contracts, namely possibly Thiago and David Alaba, both of whom I would love to see stay at this Bayern Munich team. But it's really great news to see all of this happening all at once. Not to mention, considering the fact that Bayern might also look to offload some players, namely, and sadly, Names like Quarantan Tolisso, I imagine Tolisso goes for over 40 million euro, right? Because he's a World Cup winning, multiple Bundesliga winning, phenomenally smart, ball moving central defensive midfielder. Bayern could start filling their coffers really early and you could go after somebody like Havertz or maybe like if we're all in terms of fever dreams right now maybe somebody like Kylian Mbappe but you know I would love to just poach PSG for absolutely everything that they have just like we took Tanguy Kwasi but you know we can't have everything that we want so that's going to end this episode be sure to look out for a full episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works show towards the end of this week where we will talk about the final weekend of the Bundesliga season as well as previewing the DFB-Pokal match that Bayern has at the end of this week against aforementioned Leverkusen in the DFB Pokal final. So... Be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your quality audio content. Follow us on Twitter at The Barrel Blog, at Jefferson Fenner, and at Bavarian FB Works. And read our content every day on the best site for your German and Bayern soccer content, BavarianFootballWorks.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming, Leroy. You could have done this a lot earlier, and you could have saved us a lot of trouble and energy on a lot of articles that we wrote. But we love that you're here regardless. Auf Wiedersehen.